0: Hi, and welcome to the Zonji Land show where everybody's upside down. Every day is upside down in Zonji Land. And today I have the honor of talking to Paul Twyman, um, who is, I'd say, the inventor of the 365 challenge and is one of the amazing coaches here in Perth, where I'm immersing myself in this great community of handstanders so just to give you some context could you please give us a brief overview of your movement background and how you got into hand balancing
1: yeah sure um i've been in the fitness industry now since 2000 so the last uh, like 18 19 years um i've always i trained previously to that but it was more um bodybuilding traditional training um and then when i moved to australia 14 years ago um, i became a personal trainer And again, Mm -hmm. just doing that traditional weights and machines and um, yeah, the traditional training. Um, And then, as I got more into the personal training, I was looking for something different and um, more assessment-based and a little bit more detailed. And um, I found Paul Czech, and I worked with him for a few years and uh, became a Czech practitioner. Mm -hmm. I would work more on the corrective side and that type of thing. Um, But then I quickly. I like to play around on my hands. Um, I could sort of walk on my hands. I'd done some gymnastics very early on as a child, mm. and just kept that up as playing around. So, I like walking on my hands, I could hold a 20 30 second handstand. Um, so I was always found that interesting. Um, and then when I saw CrossFit and them playing on the gymnastic rings and. Um, some of the strength work they were doing, the body weight strength, I found that interesting, so started to play with that. So combined that with the corrective exercise I was doing. So I was working with clients on some um, CrossFit style training mm-hmm. and um, corrective exercise. Um, and then I found a post um, that Ido Portel was coming to Perth, mm-hmm. um, so I started researching his training because I found that really interesting. Um, and I saw a picture of Ido on a uh, one-arm handstand. He was in a diamond position in a one-arm. Um, and I looked at that and I was like, oh, I wanna be able to do a one-arm handstand.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, and that was when I'd started posting a little bit on Instagram and was following a few people on there. And I saw some, it was a yoga lady doing a, like a 365 challenge of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like inversions or Um, Just a daily practice. So I said to myself, okay, I'm going to practice that handstand every day. Just one handstand so I can have, I think it's not sure the time of year, but I was like, I'm going to have a one arm handstand by Christmas. Mm -hmm. If I do one handstand a day, it's going to be easy.
0: And you had a two arm handstand? I had
1: a two arm handstand that was 20, 30 seconds, but it was walking around on my hands. It was bent elbows, bent Mm. knees, banana position. Um, So I was like, okay, I only mean, need to practice daily. Just commit to doing it, and by Christmas I'm going to have a one-arm handstand. So I quickly, obviously, um, found out that wasn't the case. Right. But it started the, the daily practice So I would just randomly take you know, kick up for. A second, two seconds, take a picture, and that was my handstand of the day, and then I'd move on to the next day.
0: So you literally just did one yeah. per day? Yes, yeah.
1: Um, and then I went to Edo's workshop. So I went to Edo Portale's Movement X, um, and then after that, got into the the world of movement. Like it opened my eyes up to you know, going back onto the gymnastic wings. Um, and all the other movements that came with that, as well as having a process for the handstands. Mm. So I started online coaching with Indo, um, and that's like set the set the journey then, and um, to start to learn all the, the body weight strength and the um, and the hand balancing.
0: How was the online coaching with Edo if I may ask?
1: Um, it was. What was really good to start with, I found it frustrating because you'd get the program come in and there was not much to it. So there was lots of text and lots of writing, but not too much examples. So there wasn't videos of the movements and things like that. So it forced you to research, which I actually really enjoyed. Okay. So it forced me to go. Okay, I know this. I know the name of the exercise. But I don't know the exercise, and I couldn't ask anyone. There was no one else in Perth who I knew mm. who was doing this style of training. So I it forced me to research online, and it did mean I made some mistakes as well. Because I'd you'd send the videos in to, to be checked, and um, I'd get you know an email back saying this is the wrong movement, or so I maybe had to research, research, and explore some more. So it actually, especially as a coach, it really helped mm. because it made me um, yeah explore research and... Um, Get a broader perspective. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So which helped um, my understanding of the movements as well. Mm.
0: And now you're not associated with Ido anymore?
1: No, no. I went to him for about two years, um, but slowly because... My initial passion and the, the, the goal was to get this one arm handstand. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I still really enjoyed all the other work as well, but my main passion was just handstands, handstands, mm-hmm. handstands. And Edo's training is all around more of a um, global, like,
0: train, no train everything.
1: Yeah, no, don't specialize. Um, but I just kept coming back to that. Mm-hmm. So I was really then started to search um, online for information about hand balancing and hand balancers. So mm-hmm. I started following all the big names in in, ham, in the handstand world um, and oh. reaching out to some of them and asking them questions and um, yeah. yeah and I knew after you know, a couple of years that that's the direction I wanted to go in mm-hmm. um, and being a coach um, I still needed all the other elements and I still enjoyed them but the number one thing was always handstands.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can relate to that. Um, so how long did it take you from the point where you said you're going to have the one arm handstand by Christmas? How long did it take you eventually?
1: Um, that's the hard question because I still don't think I'm there. Oh. So I, the, it's like the, the goalposts just constantly keep moving because like on my, on my right arm now, I can like, consistently hold a good hold and uh, different positions and things. Uh, in the one arm handstand, but my left is still very inconsistent, mm. you know, and it's a struggle most days to get a 10 second hold on my left. Mm. Um, so I still don't think I'm nowhere near where I want to get to, you know, and I'm trying to work on things like the one arm press and um, yeah, all the different cool shapes, the figures, and yeah. all that sort of thing. They're still ahead of me, so I still see that I've got years to go. So it's the hard oh, question.
0: You do have
1: the diamond one arm. Yes, yeah. I have the diamond. So that was that initial thing I wanted the, the diamond one arm handstand. Um, but I still want more and more and more. And that's yeah. the hardest thing. It's like people, that's the question I get asked all the time. How long does it take to get a one arm handstand? Yeah. So, first, like, what's a one arm handstand? People think a two arm handstand is a uh, first goal is a 60 second hold, maybe,
0: mm-hmm. or
1: is it a 10 second hold? in a mm. two-arm handstand. Yeah. You know, I normally say if someone can hold for 10 seconds, they can handstand. Yeah. That's handstand.
0: yeah.
1: Um, so then does the same apply for a one-arm handstand? Is it 10 seconds? Is it 5 seconds? Is it the point where you actually yeah. start to correct and stay there for a while? Um, yeah, so that's the hard thing. Yeah, so, yeah. Gotcha. Um, you know, I've been training about 6 years now mm. um, daily on handstands. Um, and I started to get one three to four years into it I was starting to balance on the on the right arm
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, for 10-15 seconds Mm -hmm. Um, but that's one of the things I really like is that it's consistently uh, constantly aiming for that next thing Um,
0: what was the process like for you of learning a one-arm handstand considering um, you have in my opinion you do you have a one on
1: next time. Um, <laughs> fun and very frustrating right. as well. Like I, I really enjoy the process and probably looking back, one of my um, challenges is that I really like the fun aspect of it. So I play a little bit too much, mm. and it's probably why my right arm is so strong compared to my left arm. That's interesting. You know, I can I can jump into a right arm, one arm, and then kick up into one arm. Quite consistently now, mm. where the left is still really far behind. I have had some shoulder issues in my left side, but um, yeah, I've just had thousands and thousands more reps on the on the right side mm. because I can do the fun stuff. Yeah. So um, probably a little bit too much play and messing around and doing the cool stuff, where I'd probably bear off just doing more sets and reps and you know more piano work and just holding for duration. Mm-hmm. Um, which I should, that should be my main goal and then the play should be on top. And that's how I try and coach it, is to have this you know, 60, 70% mm. structure where you do the sets and the reps and um, all the positions perfectly and mm. then have play on top of it. Mm. Well, you know, a lot of my days previously were a quick warm up and then play.
0: Did you always take care of your own pra- uh, programming?
1: No, so I've worked, so initially with Ido, um, and then i done some uh, workshops and yeah. things, so um, with Miguel Santana, um, and, um, and then I reached out to Yvau, Yvau on Hands, um, and I see him as like my main go-to, my main coach, and I've done some, um, I've like been on the workshop. With him, I've done um, the Thailand Mm -hmm.
0: retreat,
1: and then I was lucky enough to go to his house uh, last or this year, yeah, this year, Um, and spend some one-on-one time with him there. Nice. So, and he's done some programming that for me as well. So, I see him as my main go-to. Yeah.
0: Comparing Yuval and Miguel, uh, they're very different from each other. Yeah. In my opinion, I only went to a workshop of you, Yeah. And I had a full retreat with Miguel. Um, yeah, I guess what I want to ask is what is the essence for you? What do you take away from both teachers? Um,
1: so, yes, like I've, I've done a couple of weeks with both of them, mm-hmm. like, done the week retreats with them. Um, and they're both taught by the same person. Um, their coach is uh, Master Claude, Claude Victoria. Yeah. Um, so in terms of what they teach the drills are actually very very similar Mm -hmm. Um, but it's their own personality that comes out which is a little bit different Mm -hmm. Um, maybe that's an age difference or um, yeah I'm not sure what it is but the the drills and the the sets and their expectations Mm -hmm. are very very similar I find Mm -hmm. Um, or maybe that's what I hear when they coach me so you know, it's just the things that I need to work on, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I think they are similar but very different people, mm. you know, obviously different times of their lives in terms of their age and their family situation and things like that. Um, I think that's one of the things I resonate with Yuval very much, you know, he's a little bit more mature, um, has a family, um, you know, because that's my thing is juggling my family life and my, my yeah. training. Um,
0: how does that work?
1: Um, you
0: have five kids and I've one is five, on the way?
1: Yeah, and a dog, yeah.
0: And a dog. Yeah, if you've seen my <laughs> videos,
1: you've probably seen the, the dog more than any of them. Um, yeah, I've always been super busy. We've had kids from a young age. Um, I'm used to it, so I don't know the difference. Hmm. And I love it and no I wouldn't change it. Like, they're all active and they all join in with the handstands. And, That's
0: cool.
1: Um, yeah, so it's are you, fun. So
0: are you teaching your children?
1: No, I don't teach, unless they ask. I play around with them.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, my
1: daughter has just turned fifteen, she's a high level gymnast. Um, I've so seen I've, some of that yeah, too. I've helped her a bit with the handstands, but you know, she gets a lot from the gymnastics and she'll I'll be training and she'll come out, run out and no no warm up will just jump up into a handstand yeah. and be in my handstand teacher. You know, she doesn't really train with me too much at home, but she comes out and we'll play and you know, the younger kids will just join in. Um, and then my seven-year-old has just started uh, in development squad for gymnastics, mm-hmm. so I think he's going to be um, be really good as well. Um, cool. And he's already holding a headstand now, so gonna that must
0: some. feel amazing. Yeah,
1: it's fun. But again, like I don't know any different. Like that's, yeah. I've always been busy um, with that family life, and then they've always joined in and played and been active, and yeah, it's great. Yes. What uh, about
0: your wife? Does she do any handstands? Um,
1: she can handstand, but does chooses not to. Like just does doesn't join in. She's she um, teaches group fitness when she's not pregnant.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. She's okay. Yeah. Preg- <laughs> pregnant
1: most of the time. Um, yeah. So yeah, she joins in occasionally. She can do a handstand. She says she can't, but that's that. She's comparing herself to you know, the one arm handstand. The things. Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh,
0: and you just opened a gym recently with some friends, right? Yes.
1: Yeah, we recently opened in June. So we've worked together uh, in different ways for the last couple of years. But yes, we just opened a gym uh, in Perth.
0: How did you make that decision?
1: Um, it, I think we just got to that stage. We've oh, been teaching classes elsewhere um, and then we, we were doing personal training separately. Um, but we just, because we have the same interests and training philosophies, and it just made sense instead of being a, a competition with each other yeah. over clients and things, um, we wanted to come together and you know, build something and um, grow together as a, as a business. Um, and we all learn off each other as well because we have slightly different passions in terms of the which movements and things. Mm. Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah.
0: It's really nice. I mean, it's very clean, you have a lot of space for moving and
1: I love the velocity floor. Yeah, yeah, the floor is great, uh, yeah. especially for hand so, balancing, it's, yeah. It's, how has balancing. it been
0: going so far? Yeah. Have people been coming in? Yeah, we
1: had, we had quite a big following already. Sorry. Individually we had a following like um, for private coaching mm-hmm. um, and then because we were already doing some classes and things as, as our, our business, uh, we, yeah we had a following already, so it's been great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we've been, only been open like five, coming up to six months, and um, yeah, it's it's been amazing.
0: Mm. Yeah, I want to talk a bit more about your training right now. Yeah, what does it look like, and
1: how often do you train? Um, so I definitely train every day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. One of the challenges is with the new business. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kids and the family and everything is to try and fit in training. I imagine. So, you know, um, I think of training as being at least 60 minutes, 90 minutes, sets and reps and, and things. Um, and some days I don't get that but I will always get a 20-minute session, mm-hmm. so minimum will be 20-30 minutes, but I also teach either one-on-ones or classes, and all classes every day, so um, I over-demonstrate a lot of the time, mm-hmm. so I'm always on my hands, yes. so I add that as you know, um, extra sets and reps mm-hmm. as well, So my goal is to to try and get at least 60-90 minutes per day. Mm -hmm. Uh, I probably average four or five times a week on that, but I'm definitely on my hands 20 to 30 minutes every day.
0: So this would mean that you practice a lot of basics. I mean, not practice in the sense of practicing, but by showing your students.
1: Yes, yeah. Uh,
0: Do you think that helps Um, for you to to advance?
1: Yes, massively, especially with um, anyone wanting to learn a one-arm handstand. Um, obviously, they need a strong two-arm handstand. Mm-hmm. But one of the biggest things is just to be able to kick up, and yeah. go into a handstand easily, efficiently, and repetition mm-hmm. after repetition. Yeah. So you know, if it takes you ten times to kick up into a handstand, and you're trying to learn a one-arm handstand, mm-hmm. then you have to do so many more kick-ups and use so much more energy just mm-hmm. to practice your drills. Yeah. So having that um, kick to straight into a handstand every time, you never miss a handstand is so important. Yeah. And obviously, if you're teaching, if I want to teach, uh, you know, a shape in a handstand, and I want to demonstrate it to my class, I want to be able to kick up first time and it to be easy yeah. and you know, not think about it, not even yeah. think about it. Yeah. yeah. So um, it really helps so it carries over to efficiency when you're training mm-hmm. and also good demonstration then when you're um, demonstrating to clients, and
0: Yeah. I was reflecting on your class uh, I attended yesterday with Ivo last night. Yeah. Um, so we did, just for you so you know what we did, we did um, entries. And my entries, when I have my hands on the floor, you noticed, aren't 100% there. Yes, yeah. yeah. But when I just kick up with momentum, I usually get it off. Okay, so I was wondering if it makes sense to practice one-arm handstands at all in terms of fingertip holds. Yeah. If I can get up into a handstand with my entry, but not with every entry, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So all I would, what I'd recommend you do is is make that part of your practice.
0: So mm-hmm. if you're doing
1: your one-arm drills, then when you enter into the handstand, make sure you're doing the one you're not so good at. Mm-hmm. So you start exploring and building the strength for all your different entries so you can always do it now. Um, because what people tend to do is they think, okay, I'm doing the one-arm drill. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go up into a handstand the way I always go into yeah. And that just reinforces that pattern. And it might be a good pattern, but it might be very limited. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that you can do every entry and uh, make your circle of balance very big. Um, the only thing you'll have to watch with that is if it uses up too much energy. Mm. So then uh, obviously your one arm practice would go downhill if you're starting to get yeah. tired because it's taking you five kick ups to. Yeah. But you was pretty good, you wasn't yeah. falling out of hands that much. Yeah,
0: was, I was just uh, wondering if. Yeah. All the two-arm stuff, including entries, gets better automatically if you practice fingertip holds because you would get stronger yes. in that too.
1: Yeah, I mean the biggest the biggest thing with most people, and I'm sure I've done it, um, start the one-arm practice way too early. Mm. Um, yeah, but what I saw with your handstand yesterday, you're fine to go to, to an arm, arm work a straight enough. away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just want to have a solid two-arm handstand that can comfortably hold 60, yeah. 90 seconds, and um, yeah, have control, and, and especially the shapes, because mm-hmm. most people will start in straddle, and yeah. if you, as long as you straddle strong yeah. and you've got good flexibility, it makes it so much easier. So
0: to sum it up, what would you say are the parameters to take off before starting the journey to a one-arm handstand?
1: Um, so, consistent entries to handstands. Mm-hmm. So, it doesn't really matter which entry. So, eye- at
0: least one. Yeah,
1: just one that's consistent. Yeah. So, you can always kick into a two hour handstands, you know, nine times mm-hmm. out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and then being able to comfortably hold 60, 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and ideally, yeah, consistently as well because if if I had to choose um, between consistently kicking up to a 30 second or 20 second handstand 10 out of 10 times I'd take that over having one hold in a hundred that's 60 seconds yeah you want to have that consistency Um, yeah it's a hard one. It's easy to look at someone and say, yes, you're, you're fine to go and do into one arm work. It's very hard to put it down on paper what that should yeah. be because everyone's yeah, individual. Because you might have someone who's very consistent yeah. going into a handstand and can hold for a long time. But if their mobility is really bad, their one arm is just going to be shocking.
0: Mm, it's going to be so, yeah,
1: it's It's very individual. Mm.
0: Yeah. How would you approach the journey to a one arm?
1: From, from a two-arm handstand?
0: Yeah. In terms of drills,
1: um, what would you start with? So um, going a weight shift first. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people go to um, flag work very mm-hmm. quickly. So you know, when you're taking your toes down and touching on either side, okay. that type of thing. Um, my side flexion is still not very good. Um, I learned more of a weight shift first.
0: What's the difference there? So
1: you can flag. So I can flag over to the side and shift. Okay. Like this. So you mean um, actually? Moving shift away. Over. Yeah. So Instead
0: of bending over. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So you want to feel weight going to the working arm, mm-hmm. as opposed to some people when they do a flag or shift over to one side, the weight actually goes away and the shoulder moves around mm-hmm. yeah, um, to counteract the, the side bend which is very different, that's not a one arm handstand.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you, like, you can go in a straight handstand position and then do a slight lean over to get the weight shift. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's more taking you towards the one arm handstand than having an amazing okay. side flexion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you can get one arm handstand with no side flexion. Now ideally it makes it much easier if you have both. So the person who's very flexible and has really good side mm-hmm. flexion but also does the weight shift, it's Going to be much easier for them to get one arm instead.
0: Yeah, it probably depends a lot on the body structure. Yes. How the body's built. Yeah. It's different for sure for somebody who has narrow hips than somebody who has wide hips. Yes. Yeah. So it's very,
1: very individual. Mm. Yeah. But I'd say that weight shift is the most important thing to start to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm a bit. Uh, I've never used the wall uh, in in one arm drills. Oh,
0: that's interesting. Uh,
1: Two arm Mm -hmm. drills, yes, but uh, one arm drills, I've never used it, so I never teach that.
0: Is there a particular reason?
1: Just because I've never done it. And then the people coaching me have never given it to me, Mm -hmm. um, and I've never seen them do it, so I've never explored it. I think one of the biggest things with one arm handstand drills at the moment, like with the two arm handstand drills, There's thousands and thousands of people been doing it for years. Mm -hmm. So we have this big, um, all this information from all of those experiments, if you like, Mm -hmm. Um, seeing what works, what doesn't work, so there's lots of information. With the one arm work, it's very, um, still quite a small amount of people teaching and then teaching a number of people so you can actually see what works and what doesn't work. So I think one of the things now is that everyone's saying, you know, this is the way to go, or that's the way to go, and it's based on a hundred people,
0: yeah.
1: not based on ten thousand people. So the information that's out there on what draws are the best is very personal and individual. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting over the next few years to, to for more information to come out because more people are doing it. Yeah. So it's you know, it's more research and stuff, but there's some. You know, you can't um, fake the balance. Your centre of balance needs to be in the right place, above the base of support. If not, you can't balance. So, you know, it's easy to see, if you know what you're looking at, to look at someone in a handstand, who, if it's a photo, you can see whether they're balanced or not. So there's some principles that need to be the same. Um, but the drills, and I'm, I know people that are using the wall for one arm drills. Um, And having success. So um, the drills can change, but we still need to have those basic principles to to balance.
0: Yeah. Also, I feel like um, it's such an internal process because it's about the body understanding to react. Yes. It's not something you do consciously. So it's kind of hard to put one concept over everybody. Yes. That fits everybody.
1: Yeah because it's one of those things as well like we get lots of questions like a press to handstand is an interesting mm-hmm. one because it's not like doing a bicep curl My yeah. a bicep curl i just flex my bicep and my elbow bends very simple. like it's yeah. very simple people can understand that but you know when you're trying to explain actually what happens in a press to handstand or one arm handstand it's not like you're firing one muscle. or people think it's a core exercise <laughs> or they're asking for an explanation on how to do it yeah and you can try and to explain it but what that means to you might be completely different to what yeah. it means to me um mm-hmm. what you think about while you're doing it what you're concentrating on because there's so much happening subconsciously and yeah. that you're not aware of um yeah. it's very hard to explain it. so and you if you spend 10 15 20 seconds <laughs> in one of the one arm drills just a weight shift or going up onto piano onto fingertips um, and spending time there, that, I think that's the only way of learning. Yeah, just giving
0: the body time to figure it out.
1: Yeah, in yeah. That position. and it all changes then, you know, initially when you're going up onto five fingers, um, four fingers, three fingers, you can do that and have equal weight in both hands. Mm-hmm. And that's the mistake most people make, uh, or the learning curve is, is learning to shift weight into the working arm mm. and decrease as you decrease the fingers. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll see people on, one fingertip, where their finger will be like bending so over, weight, and like yeah. <laughs> basically strengthening their finger.
0: Yeah.
1: Where when you go up onto one, one finger, ideally it should just be, you know, 5% like of your body deep. weight, 2% yeah. of your body weight just in that finger, not 40%. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you know, everyone knows that when they're learning and that's just part of the, the progression. And then over time you're you know lightly be touching the finger and then when you start to take that support and assistant finger up everything changes again because mm-hmm. now the body can rotate yeah, yeah, yeah so learning to deal with that rotation is you know another yeah. six yeah. months 12 months of people it's yeah yeah that's the challenge
0: depending on your body awareness too
1: yeah yeah, where you're strong, what you've done previously. Um, yeah, it's very hard. Yeah.
0: Cool. Um, what are your near goals? Like what what uh, shape or what are you working
1: on um, right now? Daily now I'm working on the consistency between left and right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So not just be able to hold a left arm one arm. How do you deal right with arm.
0: that?
1: So I do. Um, drills of right arm one arm going into left arm one arm now most people would tell you to do weaker arm first yeah and then go into dominant arm what I find is that if I have a position that I'm comfortable with on the right even if I hold it for two or three seconds then when I go straight into my left side, it feels a better position. So it's like the, right, the left side is following the right.
0: Um, so I'll, I'm
1: doing drills like that every day. Um, I tend to be doing, because I'm trying to get my kick to one arm or my jump to one arm on my right very consistent, um, I'll also do sets where I just do an entry on the right arm. So I'll be jumping in with the arm raised, jumping onto the, the right one arm transferring over to the left and then aiming to get at least a 10 second hold on the left. Yeah. So I'm doing those daily So and they're becoming more consistent now. So that's my um, short term goal is to get that very consistent, to be able to hold comfortably on both sides and just be able to alternate side to side consistently. Um, and then on the right hand side, I'm working towards Harder skills, so like I say, all the different kick-up variations and entries um, on different heights, and then um, very close to the lower to on the on the right. Um, I've caught it a couple of times and then fell out of it, so that's that feels like it's closish. Um, they're the two two main ones that I'm towards.
0: I have one last question for you. Yesterday, um, you told me that I need to get up on canes. Yes. Why was that?
1: Because it's fun.
0: <laughs> That's a good reason. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, like I don't believe in, people don't need to be on canes. I think blocks are really, really useful for learning the one on handstands. Um, blocks are definitely easier to balance once you get used to them. So there's some, Benefits of that Mm -hmm. and then some negatives of that as well. So, the benefits is uh, I can jump up onto a block and quite consistently hold for 30 plus seconds Mm -hmm. on my right arm, but on the floor it's uh, half that amount of of consistency. Um, So, what it means is I can spend a lot of time under tension in a one arm handstand on the blocks. Mm -hmm. Um, It gives me an out as well. So, if my wrists are getting sore. Flexibility-wise, it allows you to be not quite so open Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because when you close the hand, if I open the hand, there's more flexibility demand. So that allows you to get out of it, so it can be more comfortable. The danger is though, because it is easier to balance, is you always are drawn towards the blocks because you can consistently hold it, which potentially could mean that your floor hand balancing decreases because you spend more time in the box. Um, interesting. So I try and do both. But with the canes, my canes I use as well don't have much flex in them. Yeah. The ones that move around more uh, is actually easier to balance. Um, again so these are even easier than the blocks Um, but I just like the canes because they're fun yeah and and they do open up uh, some different drawers you can do and some um, transitions and stuff that you can't do on the floor because the floor gets in the way yeah but they're just fun
0: I desperately want to
1: wanna
0: do canes, but I just can't handle balancing on blocks. Yeah. Like The gap between me balancing on blocks and balancing on the floor is between beginner and intermediate.
1: Yeah. It's so it insane. just means you haven't spent enough time on the blocks.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because everyone you speak to has spent any you know, good amount of time on them, they become easier. Yeah. But to be able to just do the block walking. Um, and lateral block walks and the the climbing up and down on the blocks uh, is so good for your one arm
0: uh, because it teaches you the elevation,
1: so the push. Um, And also you can think about, it can become a bit of a challenge or a game because you're doing something with the block and you're concentrating on the movement of the blocks as opposed to just thinking, overthinking a lot of the time about what you're doing in the Yeah.
0: I think the thing in my case is that um, I can't hold a handstand on blocks. So I'm wondering how you would handle the transition from floor to blocks.
1: Um, well initially obviously you would work on your two arm handstand on blocks and just make that consistent. So it might be repeating some of the work you've done on the floor. No. So some of the wall drills where you're pulling off the wall. So
0: basically just going through the same process as if you're yeah. running the handstand on the floor. Right. Yes. Mm.
1: Obviously some things are gonna be a little bit different. So like if you're pulling off the wall and you use your fingertips, if your heels are on the wall and you use mm. your fingertips, now you don't have fingertips because mm. you're gripping hold of the block. So some things will feel a little bit different. Um, but normally if you just spend enough time there and get close to the wall, if you need to like step into the, yeah. the free stand and make that comfortable, you'll. You're learning.
0: I've started training blocks in January and now it's December <laughs> I haven't done it daily though okay, and I yeah. get pretty upset with blocks yeah. and I try to avoid them sometimes because it seems like it's just so much harder yeah. for me, which is weird.
1: But that might be telling you something about your two arm hands down on the floor. is mm-hmm. that you're overusing maybe your fingertips or something where. Very possible. Yeah, so then when we you take your fingertips away, yeah. on the blocks, you feel like you can't balance. So it's yeah. one of the drills we've done yesterday as have yeah. taking the fingertips away while you're balancing, and you notice that was quite I really
0: do it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, uh, do you think blocks are a good tool to learn that? To learn to balance more on on the heels of your hands? Yes,
1: yeah, yeah, to bring it back. It's a bit like when you stand on your feet, if you lean forward on the weights in your toes, but if you bring the balance back and stand with a good posture, you'll feel the, the weight come out of your toes. It's
0: more efficient. Yes, yeah, so
1: it's more efficient. So on the blocks, it's easy to do the drill where you release the fingers and then balance it just on the palm.
0: Well, thank you very much. So much good information. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. And for you, also, thank you for watching. And remember that the world is your playground. So just go ahead and do whatever you love. I'll put all the relevant links down below, as always, so you can check out Paul and his gym and maybe also come to Perth to learn from him. And yeah, I'll see you next morning.
1: Thank you.